You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Sixers, what's good? Welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. I'm your host, Alicia. As always, so excited to be back with you. Before we jump into it, don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you in advance. Now, we've got a lot to cover today, so I don't want to waste a lot of time. Let's go. Today, I want to talk about money. And I want to talk about money because, A, we're in tax season, so a lot of people are thinking about it, but also because I know many of you are not making enough of it. Listen, I don't know all of you who are listening, but without even taking a poll, I know that more than half of you are likely underpaid. It doesn't matter if you are an employee who is paid by the hour or salaried or an entrepreneur who sets your own rates for products or services. There is a good chance that you are not earning what you should be. How do I know this? Okay, so I want to talk about it within two separate contexts. I want to talk about it in terms of employees, and then I want to talk about it in terms of entrepreneurs, because I have been in both scenarios, and I know the challenges that face each group. Okay, so if you are an employee, the many reasons why I know that you probably are not paid what you're worth. Reason number one, you probably don't have great visibility into what you should be paid. Even with so much information on the internet, I mean, there's payscale.com, salary.com, Glassdoor. A lot of those numbers are skewed because they're just dependent on people submitting their information. And not everybody is willing to do that. As many jobs as I've had, as many positions as I've been in, I don't think I've ever submitted my salary to those websites. I don't know why. I just didn't think about it. And I feel like a lot of other people have had the same experience. So while there might be data out there, oftentimes it's limited or it not may not accurately reflect what's going on in your chosen field. And further, most companies are not readily forthright about the pay rates for that specific position. And even in positions where that information is public, like I'm in the legal profession, most attorneys that graduate law school and go into big law, these large law firm environments, I mean, you know what your friends make. Most of that information is public, but after a while, paths diverge. So I may have known what my friends made when we all graduated, but over time, our salaries may go in different directions or people's bonuses may be larger or they may negotiate a bump, et cetera, et cetera. So unless you're in like a government position where that information has to be reported publicly, it can be hard to know where you stand. And this is designed uh, on purpose, frankly. It's designed so that people are not armed with the knowledge to make the appropriate demands. Reason number two, if you are a 26er, you probably go above and beyond. You were probably hired to do one thing and your responsibilities have grown so much that your role looks completely different than what it did when you first signed on the dotted line to take that job. How many of you have been in a situation where you say to yourself, this is not at all what I signed up for. I've come in and made the role something completely different. I've frankly done a better job than what was required of me. And my employer or my boss is happily making use of my skill set and my talents. But that is not reflected in my paycheck. Or how many of you have been in a situation where you're looking at colleagues like, how is it that we're in the same position, same job title, yet they seem to have so much more free time on their hands or a whole lot less stress? Or you might be looking at your boss like, um, I'm doing your job and mine, or I could do your job and, and better qualified at that, yet I do not have your position and you're getting over on me. We've all been there. I know I have. And it doesn't feel good. It's the absolute worst. But more on that later. 
Reason number three why I know that you are probably underpaid. You did not negotiate in the first place. If you just took what they gave you, it was probably the lowest offer they thought they could get away with. Let me let you in on a little secret. In the day and age that we live in, often when you are going into a position, there is some HR person that's going to look at your title, the title that you're up for, and they're going to check the salary range that's earmarked for that position at the company. Then they're going to start at the bottom number. Not all the time, but often this is going to be the case. It's not necessarily fair. It's not necessarily right, but it's the nature of the beast. Unless you are at the center of a bidding war or... One company is trying to poach you from your current employer. It is highly unlikely that some HR person is sitting around saying, hmm, what's the highest possible salary we can offer this person? It just don't work like that. And hopefully you guys are savvy enough to know that to be true already. It's a painful truth. But if it's the first time you are hearing this, I hate to break it to you, but that's the point that we're at (laughs) in this whole system. So you've got to do the work to make sure that you get a salary, you receive the pay that is going to make you happy. Okay, the last reason why I know that you employees are likely underpaid, because I know that many of you have been working in the same position at the same rate for way too long. Now, the experts say if you've been in a job for two years or more without a pay bump, you're now underpaid. That's just too much time. So I'm not talking about periods like the Great Recession where you're just fortunate to actually hold on to your job and be gainfully employed. I'm talking about those periods where the economy is doing well or your company is making money, but that money is not trickling down to you. You are officially below the pay scale that you should actually be at. So we'll talk about how to get out of that in a few moments. But in the interim, I'm going to jump over to the entrepreneurs to my business owners, to the folks who are trying to make this be your own boss thing work. And even to those of you who have a day job but are trying to turn your side hustle into your main hustle, I include you in the entrepreneur category because I know all these articles are written about how if you don't jump in with both feet, you're not a real entrepreneur. Forget them. Honestly, I don't subscribe to that school of thought. Do what works for you. And if that means you are an entrepreneur on the weekends, all good. One day you might be an entrepreneur full time. Do it at your pace. Do it in accordance with your rules. Don't let anybody tell you you're not a real business owner because it's not your main gig yet. Okay, I digress. I jumped on a bit of a soapbox, but it really bothers me when people do that. Okay, anyway, back on track. Reasons why I know you entrepreneurs are likely underpaid. First and foremost, I talk to enough of you and I know many of you are in the following situation. Every person you pitch your services to, I'm going to speak specific to services now because goods and products are a whole other animal that we can't really get into in the level of detail that I would like here. But let's just focus on those of you who are providing services. Every person you pitch to jumps on whatever it is that you're offering immediately. I know that may sound crazy. You may be thinking, I'm doing well then. I'm pitching to people and they're purchasing my services. Unless you have done the advertising or promotional work to have a consistent feeder source of clients, it's never a good sign when everybody is jumping on your service from the beginning. That tells me that it's probably too cheap. And that might not seem like a huge issue in the beginning if you're actually making some money, but it actually leads me to the next reason why I know you're underpaid. Because you're probably crazy busy and crazy tired, but still struggling financially. Now, don't get me wrong. All levels of entrepreneurship come with some form of struggle or exhaustion, especially in the beginning. But if this is a constant for you, you really want to take a look at your business model because you're probably in a situation where you're serving way too many people for rates that are way too low. And you've really got to recalibrate. The answer is not, I'm out here working like a maniac and the money is not there. I have to find more clients. The answer is probably my pricing is 
wrong. I've got to up my rate so that I can work with a lot less people, but still cover my costs and keep myself comfortable financially. Okay, last reason why I know that many of you entrepreneurs are underpaid. Because many of you, and before I say this, no judgment because I was once in this category. But anyway, many of you are uncomfortable with having the money conversation. If you cannot look a prospective client or customer in the face and calmly and confidently tell them your rates, or if before you even press send on that proposal, you're thinking, oh my God, I hope they don't freak out over the price and you're waffling about whether you want to reduce it a little bit, you have already lost. You're probably underquoting. And it's a tough thing. Trust me, I understand, particularly if you need the business and you're cash strapped. You're so afraid of rejection or overshooting in an effort to maximize your profit that oftentimes you try to take the lowest rate you think they'll agree to and just go with that for the sake of closing the deal. Not a good way to go about this. And with all the reasons that I've listed, whether you're an entrepreneur or an employee, it's just all bad news, okay? When you're in a situation where you're not making as much money as you should, you often end up feeling burnt out and just resentful of the work that you're doing or the people that you work for. And you end up hyper-focused on the wrong things. What you don't have, what you can't do from a financial perspective, who's making more money than you, who's making it work when you can't, how people are getting over, clients or otherwise. And worse still, you may send yourself into a financial tailspin of being in worse shape than when you started. Then you start making decisions out of pure desperation or frustration, which never ends well. You'll end up jumping from a bad situation to a worse one. So if you are an employee, you may be like, you know what? Forget this. I can't do this work anymore. I just need to get out of here and find any job. So you take whatever you can get and it turns out to not be any better than the job you came out of. Or you may just be so in the hole financially as an entrepreneur that now you're acting out of desperation and working with whatever old client you can get for the same terrible rates. So how do you fix it? How do you get out of that bottom number of whatever ridiculous pay scale your employer has set? How do you get out of the race to the bottom as an entrepreneur competing on price alone? And how do you get to a point where you are paid what you deserve? I have a few ideas based on my own experiences. I'm not saying it's the only way. I'm not saying my path is the only way to get there. However, for me, these are proven strategies. They're strategies that have worked for me, for people that I know, and I'm sharing them with you. But as always, if it doesn't jive with your situation, leave it on the table. Take what's for you, leave the rest. Okay, if you are an entrepreneur who's preparing to enter a salary negotiation for a new position or in the alternative, you're considering broaching the subject of a pay increase with your employer for your current role, you have to get your arms around the numbers. And I know I said previously that salaries can vary widely on the Internet. That is true, but it's a good starting point. Just try to Google what's out there in the market as it relates to your position. But Above and beyond that, you also want to ask around. And I know that may sound crazy because pay is a taboo subject. We really don't like to talk about our salaries. We all move in silence, try to keep it a secret. But I'm a firm believer that we have a responsibility to each other particularly in communities of color, because the statistics are out there. It's not a conspiracy theory. The wage gap is real and employees of color often lag behind on the pay scale. And I'm not bringing this up to isolate my listeners who may be a part of the majority. But listen, I got to keep it real at all times. We have to start being more forthcoming when it comes to facts and figures. Okay, so if you're looking to broach this subject with someone, don't just ask them. Don't start with how much do you make? Because that's going to be very off-putting to pretty much anybody, okay? That's not how you want to approach this. 
But if you identify someone in your chosen profession or who has had a similar career trajectory or maybe farther in the journey than you, it's perfectly acceptable to say, listen, I'm up for this job or I'm in a position and I don't think I'm being paid adequately, but I have no idea what my range should be. What do you think? Most people will be responsive to that. They're willing to at least offer you some information and help you figure out what your floor should be or what your non-negotiable or walk away number should be, et cetera, et cetera. Even if they're not willing to give you the exact numbers <laughs> that they're making, um, they'll at least offer some information to ground you in some sort of sense of reality. Okay, so once you've got some numbers, then you want to be able to figure out what your unique value proposition is. For employees, you cannot go to a prospective employer or your current boss and just say, I think I deserve X. It's not going to fly. Even if they know it, if you can't speak intelligently about the unique qualities that you bring to the table and identify the problems that you solve and detail how your responsibilities deviate or could deviate from others in the same position, they are not going to fill in the blanks for you. You have to get your narrative together and present that in a cohesive, coherent manner. So once you have gotten your numbers down and once you have put your narrative together, now it's time to have the conversation. If you are in an initial salary negotiation, this isn't very hard to do. It's not hard to initiate because what you want is the expectation is they're going to make an offer to you. They're going to say, here's the package we've put together. That's it. Do not just accept. Even if you think it's good enough for you, take it back, mull it over. So what you're going to do, take it home, think about it overnight. Then you come back with a counteroffer. You say, I have considered what you've presented it to me and I'd like to make a counteroffer. And then you list all the reasons, all the unique qualities that you bring to the table, why you think you are deserving of more money, be it market or your skill set or et cetera. And you just counter, okay? That counter could be a range or a specific number, but don't start at the floor. Whether it's a range or a number itself, do not start at your bottom number because they're probably going to counter you back. So you want to go a little bit higher and then land somewhere in the middle. If you're in a situation where you are already in a position and now you're trying to negotiate an increase, it can be hard to broach the topic because there's not necessarily an entry point. It's not like somebody has said or put out a mass memo that says, if you are dissatisfied with your compensation, please come see us. You're going to have to initiate the conversation and carry it forward. I suggest going to your HR person and saying to them, listen, I would like to have a conversation about my comp. Is that something that I discuss with you? Or do I discuss it with my manager? Figure out who the right person is and get a meeting on the calendar. And when you walk in there, do so calmly and confidently and jump right into it. I would say something like this. So as you know, we are here to discuss my compensation. I am not so sure that my pay is commensurate with my level of responsibility and the value that I bring to this organization. From there, jump right into that narrative you prepared where you're talking succinctly and intelligently about your unique value proposition. Once you get through that, they may look at you and say, "Okay, well, what is it that you're looking for? What is that you want? Or they might not say anything at all. Either way, be prepared to hit them with those numbers. Okay, start with that range. Or like I said, for the folks who are in initial salary negotiation, if you're going to give a specific number, do not give your minimum number. Start with the maximum or somewhere a little bit higher, because oftentimes they're not going to meet it. They're going to come back somewhere lower. So you want to make sure you have some wiggle room in that negotiation or in that calculation. Whatever you do, this is a pro tip, whatever you do, do not mention so-and-so makes more money than me. It is not going to land well. Even if it's true, we know it's unfair, we know it happens, but you will come across 
as a troublemaker and a whiner. And that's not what we want. We want to speak specifically to your skills, to your situation, to your unique value proposition, leave everybody else out of it. And don't demand an answer right away. Oftentimes, there are several decision makers that go into the money thing. So I would proactively say, I don't expect an answer today, but I'd like to know when we can have a follow-up conversation to resolve this. So get them to commit to a time frame for when they're going to give you an answer and get a follow-up meeting on the calendar. You proactively schedule that because they may leave you in limbo otherwise. They'll say, okay, we'll take that back and get back to you. And then that conversation never continues. Also, if you are on a regular calendar year as it relates to pay raises and bonuses, so if it's January or February when you get your new numbers, do not try to have this conversation on January 1 or the day after Christmas. Not going to work. Nine times out of 10, those numbers for the following year have already been set. If you want to make sure your comp is right, come Q1 of the next year, start having that conversation at the end of the summer. Trust me on this one, okay? Also, once you have completed all those steps, you have to be prepared to walk away. This is often a game of chicken. You may do all of that and you may have valid points and an employer may still come back and say, you know what, I'm sorry, we value you here, but we can't find any more money in the budget for you. Don't get mad and just get up and walk out right then and there because frankly, it's often easier to find a new job when you have one, when you're in your current position than when you're unemployed. Take it all in say okay, but play the field. See what else is out there. Start seeing if there are other positions available because one of two things may happen. You may find something that pays better and is going to value what you bring to the table. And when you go to put in your resignation, they say, what do we have to do to keep you here? Can we match whatever they're offering you? Or they may let you go, but you find an excellent position that's willing to pay you what you deserve. So either way, you're going to win in that situation. Don't just sit back and pout if they haven't met you halfway on this. Get out there in the marketplace and see what other offers you can drum up. And if none of this is working, it might be time to bolster your skills. Get a new certification, find a new problem to solve at your place of employment, implement something new. You got to find some way to differentiate yourself from the pack. And it may take time, but it is doable. If you focus on it long enough, you will find a way to make sure that you're shining brighter than everybody else. Okay, back to my dear entrepreneurs. How do you ensure that you're getting paid what you deserve? How do you get your rates where you need them to be? First, never trust someone who simply asks you what you charge before they even explain their needs. Unless they're asking that question for an initial consult. So if they're saying, what will you charge me just to sit down with me for 30 minutes or an hour and hear me out about what it is that I need? If that's not the conversation that's happening, you might be dealing with a tire kicker. These are the people who have no interest in buying or who are just price shopping. They're just going around trying to figure out who's the cheapest. And trust me, these are not the clients that you want. Because often those who are in a race to find the cheapest option become the clients that end up expecting the world of you for very little money. And you're just gonna end up resenting them, frankly. So you've got to steer the conversation. Even if someone starts with what do you charge, try to redirect the discussion to how about you tell me a little bit more about what it is that you need and then I'll see if I can help you. Let them do some of the talking because if you're just in pitch mode where you're just trying to sell them on your services, you're pretty much shooting in the dark. It doesn't have to be an hour long conversation, but ask enough questions and get enough information to readily identify the needs that you meet and the problems that you solve. And this is important because what I have learned from being in a service-oriented business is that prospective clients 
often come in thinking they know what they need from you and it's either flat out wrong or not the full picture of how you can help them or actually serve them. And some will be rude about it. Like, don't talk. I know exactly what I need. I'm going to tell you, just tell me how much it costs. And in those instances, I kind of smile and nod. And then I wait for the opportunity to jump in and tell them all the things that they're missing, right? So when that happens, use the opportunity to fill in the gaps. Identify the blind spots and the ways in which you can help them and save them money, hopefully in the long run. And by doing this, it's the first way to differentiate yourself from your competitors. And even if you can't provide a quote in that first conversation, you want to set the appropriate stage. You can say something like this. Okay, thanks so much for the information you provided. This was really helpful. Let me take this information back, mull it over, and I'll provide a full quote to you by tomorrow. But in the meantime, I want to let you know up front, my rates are probably not the cheapest you're going to come across. My competitors may tell you that they can do the same work for X amount of dollars, but here's why I don't charge that. And this is where you launch right into your unique value proposition. What makes you you and why you can charge the rates that you do. Now, hear me out. Don't go in on this whole pitch if you are not prepared to deliver on the value that you've now sold to somebody. We're not talking about bluffing. You've got to really have the goods. And if it's not there, take a step back before you start on this whole selling your services at a premium rate and really work to raise your value. Notice I didn't say lower your rates. We're not talking about a race to the bottom to figure out how you can offer the most discounted services because you can't figure out where your unique value proposition is. I'm talking about working to figure out what differentiates you from everyone else and making sure that you are the best of the best and you can confidently quote those higher rates because you know you offer something different that other people do not. Okay, lastly, be prepared for prospective customers to walk away. Once you have set these premium rates, everybody should not be a yes anymore. If your conversion rate drops, meaning the number of people who go from maybe to yes, if that number is lower than what it used to be, congratulations, you were on the right track. Now, if it goes all the way to zero, that's not good. You probably overshot. But if you've if you're seeing that number has dropped some, that means you're on your way to doing less, but making more money. You're on your way to attracting the creme de la creme of clients, premium clients for premium rates. And you're going to be able to work with less people, but at a compensation level that allows you to live comfortably without killing yourself working 24-7. That's exactly where you want to be. Now, I know today I have thrown a lot at you, but hopefully you've been able to take something from it. I thought this episode was important because I know a lot of 26ers who bring so much value to the world and their financial situation does not reflect that. So it is my hope that you can move to a place of living prosperously and making sure that you stand up for yourself and you're able to articulate what it is that you believe you deserve and have people respond by doing the right thing. So I'm with you. I believe in you. Keep listening. We'll explore this topic more. We'll bring in some people to talk about their experiences in the area. But in the interim, start getting on the track to getting the compensation that you should. Okay, do it. It's worth it. It's not easy, but I promise you it's worth it. Also, don't forget to rate, review, share and subscribe. And you know what I'm about to say, but it's oh so important. The most important thing we say every week. Please remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26th. That's December 26ER.